everyone, you have Michael Rubino here, your host, uh, another episode of Mold Talks. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Haley. Haley, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Let everyone know why you're here. And we're going to dive right in. So my name's Haley. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I have three boys ranging from seven to one. Um, I'm here because we got impacted by mold living in a moldy house for three years and it literally has destroyed our health (laughs) and along our process of kind of trying to heal and navigate what to do um, it just has been more and more lonely because you know family just they don't understand or Sometimes they think, you know, your the symptoms are made up in your head and, oh, well, you seem fine. You seem healthy. And it's, you know, it's like, no, actually, I'm really struggling every single day. And like, so are my kids. And that's like the hardest part is watching my kids struggle with their health issues. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. I can relate. I have two kids myself and, uh, you know, it's obviously, of course, it's one thing for us to kind of shoulder the burden, mm-hmm. but once our kids are involved, you know, the claws come out and, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you said it's very lonely, um, you know, and, and I, I just so people can understand that, right. Cause there could be people listening to this that maybe have don't have never been through mold and couldn't understand what that means you know, um, can you explain like some of the challenges that you've encountered, you know, trying to explain what you're going through to friends, family, et cetera? Um, I think like when I first figured it out that it was mold, um, I told a family member and they were like, oh yeah, I kind of figured. And like, that was it. That was all that was said. There was no digging into it. And then, so once we tested myself, my, the next one that has been really impacted is my oldest, um, Aiden, who's seven. And so we tested him and his mold levels were like, oh my God, they were like 600. Like they were through the roof. And I like broke down just because knowing how much he's impacted and, you know, you try to tell family about it and they literally didn't really say anything and never asked questions. And, um, they still don't ask questions about it. And so we moved obviously out of the house and we had to get rid of everything. I mean, you have to get rid of your furniture that houses the mold spores, um, anything soft like blankets, pillows, um, mattresses, uh, our clothes. Um, we didn't get rid of our clothes. What we did, we ended up ozoning them okay. and, um, but we got, you know, the kids like right now, like they're still sleeping on an air mattress right now because, um, we just moved and we just can't get the mattresses right now. And I just don't think people really understand, like even to that magnitude of you have to get rid of your things. So you just like, this is fresh. You just went through this, like you just moved, right? Um, yeah. I so, mean, how many days ago? Well, we moved, um, we moved in August, but it was kind of like the, our new build home wasn't going to be ready. So it was like a back and forth. So by the time we finally moved into, um, our house, it was October. So, um, I mean, and so let me mind you, this is that when we moved into our other house three years ago, we had just bought an all new furniture, all new mattresses, everything, you know, and, um, you know, we spent thousands of dollars that we were still paying off and then we had to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, it, you know, it's exactly what happens, right? In this process and you have to, it's so, it, I have this conversation with people all the time, like how hard it is to go through that financially to throw mm-hmm. things away, but it's like, your health is so much more important, right? And, mm-hmm. and so you had to make those hard decisions. And, um, I mean, you just bought all new stuff and having to throw that stuff out. That's not an easy decision to make. How no. did, did, did that cause any conflict with, with your family, you know, in, in, in terms of like what their viewpoint was? Um, I think they thought we were ridiculous or going, um, overboard, you know, just kind of being anal about it, I guess. Um, 
but no one really said anything. It's just, you, you get that feeling of like, Oh, you know, you don't have to throw your things away. And it's like, no, if you bring it into the house, like you're bringing those mold spores in. Um, so yeah, it was hard. Um, and it's, and it's hard like now with we're living bare minimum, which is fine because honestly, like I, like you said, your health is number one and more important. Um, but, you know, having my kids still on an air mattress, I mean, it's not fun as an, you know, a parent to have your kids sleep like that, you know, and lose their, their comforters and blankets and, you know, all of that stuff. And I sure as heck would not have gotten rid of it just to be anal, you know? Yeah, no. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a misunderstanding, right? First off, like a million spores can fit on the head of a pin. Think about mm-hmm. that for a second, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at that and you say a million spores can fit on the head of a pin. If you have a severe mold problem, you could have potentially millions of spores, you know, contaminating your stuff. Oh, and yeah. You don't want to bring that much opportunity for mold to grow in your new place. Because no. I'll tell you, that, that would be a, a, an extremely high concentration, all of which I've seen on various occasions. So yeah, of course you don't want to do that. There's two things. Scientifically, you don't want to bring the opportunity with you, but, but also from a health perspective, if your couch is contaminated, guess what? Every time you're around that couch, you sit on that couch, you're going to have an adverse health reaction. So mm-hmm. why would you want to continue to perpetuate your symptoms by bringing yeah. stuff with you? It's as if like you fixed the source, but you never cleaned up the contamination. So you're still exposed to what what once was there. So I think that, you know, it's a lot of people don't understand that and they have that misconception and they think you're being overboard. Well, if that's what overboard looks like, I'm glad you went overboard because (laughs) that's what's required to really move on from it. Well, even to see, so my mold triggered EBV to reactivate. Sure. So not only did I get the mold now, now I have the EBV, which all that triggered mast cell activation. So it's like, you know, it's the trickle effect. And um, so my husband was the last one to kind of start getting symptoms, which I've heard that men usually tolerate it better than women of what I've read. Um, But he, so we moved into this house and he brought his old pillow. He's like, well, I'm just going to sleep with it for a few nights until we get a new one. And I was like, whatever, I'm not sleeping on mine. And he even told me, he was like, Haley, I'm more exhausted sleeping on that pillow. As soon as he got rid of it and stopped sleeping on it, like he wasn't as exhausted, like his symptoms changed. So it's even just like seeing something like that. It's like, it's, it's opening. Totally. And let's talk about the cost versus worth there. I, I don't know what a pillow costs these days. I haven't purchased one recently, but I, I would imagine somewhere between 20 and $40. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that 20 to $40 is not a, a great deal of money because everybody's in different situations. What I will say is that I don't care how rich or poor I am. I, I, I could easily make that connection to I'm buying a new $20 pillow, even if it, even if it's uh, if I make $4 an hour. Right. I mean, just because yeah we're talking about our health, right? Yeah. And you can't, you can't sacrifice your health for a pillow, especially how it's not like the mattress. The mattress is more expensive. It's a harder pillow to swallow. Right. So I kind of want to bring that, you know, uh, that, that together that like our health is worth so much more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we tend, we tend to try and I I think it's just human nature we tend to try to rationalize what things cost and, yeah. you know, and, and we tend to want to sacrifice our health as, as the, you know, kind of the cost to that. And it's, it's just the wrong thing to do. And I think we have to kind of reprogram the way we look at this, um, especially uh-huh. considering like mold and bacteria are such a massive problem, you know, for yeah. our health. Do you know that the World Health Organization says that nine out of 10 people do not breathe clean air? I mean, that's alarming as a statistic. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can tell you. So before we moved out of our old house, we got two air doctors because just to kind of help, I don't know, a little bit in my mind. And just the difference between having the air doctors in the house was crazy. Like it was not as dense. It was like fresh. It just felt 
smells fresh, you know? So it's just crazy, like how dirty our air is. And when you look at like the dust and everything that falls around, I mean, you're breathing all that in. Yeah. You ever, you ever, you ever like sat near a window on the couch and just like kind of watch the ray of light peek past your, your, oh, and all the, yeah. and then you see like all the little particles yeah. floating in there. That's uh-huh. what you can see. You know, there's yeah. a whole world of particles world that, that you are can so see. small you can't yeah. see. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's always been remarkable for me to kind of look at that and be like, wow, we, uh, <laughs> we really are focused on a lot of the wrong things, right? Cause I mean, yeah. you're a nurse practitioner, so you, you're in this world. You're right. So you've seen, you've seen these situations occur where, you know, people come in and they're not feeling well, and it's hard not to, I'm sure you're trained to like ask specific questions, but correct me if I'm wrong. Typically it's more like, are you drinking enough water? What, what's your diet? Like, you know, what's your vitamin intake? You know, what, what, like, I feel like the last thing we ever ask is like, is it possible that the air that you're breathing is contaminated? Well, yeah. So being as like a nurse, like, yeah, you have to like ask those questions. And it got to the point where I kept going to die. I thought it was my thyroid, like just because like my weight gain was going up and down. My joints were achy. I was exhausted. Like there's a difference between being tired and being brain fog exhausted. Like there's just a whole different, and I work night shift. I've worked night shift. (laughs) So like, I know what exhausted is like, that's just so different. And everybody, all the doctors kept saying, oh, your levels look great. You're normal. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Like, you know, it's because you're a mom and you don't, you know, you have kids and you don't sleep. Like the amount of times I've heard that, it's just like, it's sad. So eventually we, I started um, functional medicine and that's when we figured it out what was going on. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. I hear more and more about, you know, the functional medicine community, figuring this stuff out, really dialing in. And it's sad that, you know, we have, obviously we have a larger medical community than just mm-hmm. the functional medicine community. And it's sad that the rest of the community is like not picked up on this. Right. Because I mean, it makes sense. The world health organization says nine out of 10 people don't breathe clean air. Right. We yeah. take 20,000 breaths per day according to the American Lung Association on average. Um, We're definitely consuming more air than anything else on the planet, but yet we never look at it. And we go to a Mm -hmm. doctor and they order all this blood work and all these other things. And I don't think that we need to stop doing that by any means. I think it's part of the diagnostics. But how about just a simple question like, hey, has anything strange happened to your home? Yeah. Could have could have impacted your air quality, like a, a leak or something like that, just to get people thinking, because maybe yeah. it is that maybe it is as simple as that. You know, when you look at all these autoimmune disorders, right, and it's like mm-hmm. every time I hear one of these stories, you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, I was diagnosed with asthma, I had an inhaler and I lived Which in could easily be triggered by mold. Which could easily be, well, uh-huh. as a matter of fact, a lot of the studies are now coming out and saying they think mold creates asthma. So, mm-hmm. you know, when, when I looked at that and I timed that out, when we moved from New York to New Jersey, I was about eight years old. Mm-hmm. And as an eight-year-old kid, I was able to ditch the inhaler. And, you know, all of a sudden I was able to ride my bike and run around and do things and not wow. need the inhaler. And what changed? My environment changed. I went from this apartment, which I can assure you, if I Mm -hmm. went and tested today, was probably insanely toxic. And I went from there to this single family home. And it had more space and more more volume of air. And my father was a contractor and he finally had his own place now that he can, you know, fix up himself. So he he did that. He took care of the issues and he fixed Mm -hmm. it up. And so I definitely was breathing no doubt in my mind, better quality air at that point in my life at the same time that I no longer needed the inhaler. And when I look at these stories and I see like Lyme disease and, you know, uh, EBV, as you mentioned, right. What do they have in common? They all, everybody has these triggers around poor air quality. Yeah. It's, it's hard to ignore that. As a matter of fact, we, we should be studying this. We should be studying the relationship between air quality and all of these different autoimmune diseases and how does air quality impact? And I'm not saying that they're the causation, 
but certainly there are some triggers there, right? And mm -hmm. I, I think I've talked to enough people to be able to come to that conclusion. Um, so here we are, right? We're, we're, we're in this evolving state now where we're trying to figure out how, how air quality plays into, into chronic illness and chronic disease. I like, mean, I watched it with my kids. It, it, we had a, it was like a joke. It was like, oh my God, ever since we moved into this house, we keep getting sick, you know, between strep throat infections, like month after month, like really bad GI issues. And I was pregnant when we moved in and all of a sudden, like I would wake up at night, super nauseous and I was having gallbladder issues. And mind you, I was healthy. I ate healthy. I exercised every day to the point, finally at 38 weeks pregnant, my appendix went out and I had to get I had appendicitis. I had to have birth and then that surgery at the same time. And then it just, it was like constantly something going on. Then my son, my oldest was having kidney issues. We were at a kidney doctor, nephro nephrology. And then we were at a GI doctor. Then he was getting endoscopies done and nobody could figure out what was going on. And they, you know, everything was coming back fine, except for his kidneys, because as you know, mold is very toxic on the kidneys. And, um, so finally, like we got like a GI map done on him with the functional doctor. And it was insane how much bad bacteria and everything you have in your gut. And that's what mold does. It destroys your gut, which in turn, you know, causes the pans, the pandas, you know, and now my second son, they, they all have a ver like a variety of those symptoms from pans now from that, you know, and then now my second, he was delayed a lot. Now he has, you know, ligament, um, blacks ligament issues, which our doctor now says that's caused by growing up in a moldy home can cause your ligaments to be more lax, which causes more injury which I see that every time he falls, you know, you can see his foot's turned out more or he's limping or his hips are hurting and we're constantly in the chiropractic office. So it's just like all those, and then sleeping issues. Oh my gosh. Like my kids never slept. They were always up screaming and every doctor could never tell me what was going on. And finally, like after research and figuring it out, it was the mold. Mold causes severe sleep issues in children. Where, you know, doctors sit there and tell you, let them cry it out. Oh, they'll, they just got to grow up, you know, they, all these things. And then we move out of that house and, you know, two out of the three of them are sleeping a lot better. So it's, and then my son, my oldest, you know, was wetting and he would wet through his pull-up bed wetting, which is another symptom of mold in kids is peeing out their pull-up and then we move into this house and he's peeing less at night in his pull-up just like all of these things like you see things getting better and you're like wow all of those symptoms caused by that house and wow, the well, air quality and everything that was there that's remarkable and i'm so glad to hear that you guys have uh you know moved and are starting to feel better and all of that that's exciting because man i know uh, how challenging things can be sometimes so i'm glad you guys figured it out and and started to get past that um how much of a difference do you notice i mean you know it sounds like your whole family was impacted and you've been there for about 3 months now and I, you know it can obviously take pretty long yeah. for certain people to heal but you guys are undoubtedly noticing the difference. Um, my, I'm starting to notice it in the kids with like little things, but then at the same time, um, we started detoxing it out with a doctor. So then yeah. we're seeing some flare up symptoms, which they also have parasites, which parasites hold a lot of the mycotoxins as well. Mm -hmm. So when you detox that out, they're releasing that in your body. So that's kind of, it's like up and down. I mean, you're yeah. never going to have, you know, Western medicine has taught us to be like, oh, you take a pill and you're fixed. And it's, it's not like that with mold at all. I mean, there's weeks where you're great and then you have a relapse or during your detox and sure. trying to be healthy. So it's all just figuring it out and figuring what works with your yeah. body. Yeah. I'd say you take a pill and it feels like it's fixed, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind it's of a, a feel, yeah. Right. It's a, you're, you're masking symptoms. Um, mm -hmm. or, you know, it's, it, 
it, it's it, it's a it's a rough road when you don't know what's actually causing you to to feel a certain way because mm-hmm. then you can't really fix a problem once and for all. Like if you have headaches all the time, and I know people that have like consistent migraines. It's not like they have an Advil deficiency or a Tylenol no. deficiency, right? Yeah. Like there's something happening uh-huh. and their body is responding in the way of it's like, telling hey, you. something yeah. is wrong uh-huh. here. I have this massive headache, right? So it's, it's, it's really interesting kind of like how we deal with issues in the medical community. And, and as you mentioned earlier, like functional medicine, integrative medicine. Um, I love doctors that are both MD and, you know, integrative and are looking at all different sides of medicines, Western medicine, Eastern medicine, um, because I think that fixing problems is never a one size fits all, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I walk into homes and there can be 50,000 things wrong and yeah. your home won't have the exact same problem as the next person's home. So why wouldn't bodies be similar, right? Because yeah. I don't think that what works for one person is guaranteed to work for the next person. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, people treating for mold specifically, that happens all the time. We're like, you know, one product, one doctor's protocol works some wonders for one person. It's like, they're, they're better in like 30 days. The mm-hmm. next person, they follow that same protocol and, and they, they're just not, it's just not working well for well, them. Well, that's funny you say that because the doctor, yeah, I was working with back home the protocol that work was working for everybody else. Oh my gosh. It made my stuff worse. I got triggered mast cell activation, which made me extremely sensitive to EMF and which then I, you know, just horrible, all these symptoms and wasn't working. So then when we moved down to, to where we're at, we found another doctor and we're taking a different approach and we're doing herbs and, you know, supplying our body with herbs with what we need in the support for me, mold caused a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. And I've never, I mean, I've suffered from anxiety, but nothing compared to like (laughs) what this has done. And so supporting your body that way, but then we're kind of picking through a different protocol, but we're not following it to a T. So we are doing, you know, listening more to what my body needs because also how I'm reacting to this protocol, my, my three-year-old's not reacting the best with. So we're kind of tweaking it for him of like, okay, well, this isn't working for you. Let's back off this. Let's add this to it, you know? And that's what I think is wrong too, where it's not even just Western medicine. I think some functional doctors too get stuck with a protocol when really you need to listen, which in nursing school, we were taught this, you listen to your patient because your patient knows best. They know their bodies. And that's kind of um, what I feel like people need to realize too, is not one protocol is going to fix everyone. Holy right. Yeah. I've seen it. I see it happen all the time. And I think more needs to be said about that because it can be frustrating when you're, Mm -hmm. you know, following a protocol and you're like, well, this worked for so-and-so but it's not working for me. And that's okay. Yeah. You just need to find what works for you. And I know mm-hmm. that adds to the frustration of this healing process, but it's really important to, to come in there with that open mind so that if, if you do need to pivot, you can, right? Yeah. And to work with a doctor who knows the different resources. You know, I, I've, I've had the, the pleasure of working with a ton of great doctors, all following different protocols, different supplement companies, Mm -hmm. Um, to help, you know, detox and things like that. And, and, and a lot of them have like, if something doesn't work for you and you're having a bad reaction or what have you, they at least know other things you can shift to, to see if that works better for you. You That's what I think the key is too, for people looking for help, which this, the doctor we're with, he's also a chiropractor. So not only are we supporting our bodies with the supplements and the herbs, he's also you know, looking at our bodies and adjusting our bodies so we can respond better. And the one thing that I think was like, okay, you know, I interviewed a bunch of doctors to work with because after my first experience, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out who's going to work best because clearly it's not, you know, not one is great for somebody else. So I, um, he said to me, Um, I go, well, what do you think we should do? And he goes, you know, we need to follow your body. Your instincts are right. Cause I told him, this is what's going on. This is what I think I'm suffering from this, this. And he goes, 
all right, let's go for it. Let's run with that. And you're, you know, yourself and you know, your body better than anyone follow your intuition. And I think hearing that from a doctor, any kind of doctor is you don't hear that very often. You know, it's more like they kind of think they know best. (laughs) Totally. No, you're totally right. And, you know, I think that it it comes with the amount of school that, that they go through and the certifications and all that. And, and I can understand that and appreciate that. But at the same time, you know, once you realize that it's such an individual thing, health and Mm -hmm. wellness, right. And that what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for everyone. You know, I think it, it really becomes like just being humble enough to, to listen, as you mentioned earlier. And I know that it, it can be difficult because it's like, well, I've studied all this stuff over X amount of years, plus been practicing for this. It's difficult to not, you know, want to go down that path. But the reality of it is like, your patient is going to tell you valuable information. Like, Hey, I had a weird reaction to this. What else Mm -hmm. can we try? You know? And, you know, I, I've heard horror stories where doctors are like, well, you just got to give it some time. And like the more time you give it, the worse it was feeling, the worse it was getting. So, yeah, I think you have to really understand if someone's like, no, this is not working for me. We really need to try something else. You have to be, you have to be willing to listen. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's like, I mean, and he's, he doesn't, and you, I don't think they necessarily have to have the certifications. Cause I know like as a nurse, I don't care what you have behind your name, not like number letters. I care about the experience because that's, what's going to shape you. Sure. So, I mean, he has experience and he's self-taught and just whatever. And I think you just have to follow your gut. Like, I feel like you'll get the instinct totally. of this is the right one, you know? And even now going through our process, like I, w- I had another meeting with them last week and I kind of was like, okay, this is what's going on with the middle child. And this is what's going on. And then he was like, well, have you looked into pans and pandas? And I was like, no, but I'm pretty sure that's probably what we're dealing with, with them and like the emotional liability and all that stuff with them. So it's just, it's a constant learning curve and yeah. just. You also have to, I feel like, let go of the diagnosis and just heal, but just a, not enjoy the ride, but just go with it. I mean, it's not going to be perfect and it's certainly hasn't been for us, but I mean, we're getting there. You know, like, so first off, pans and pandas and mold, there's obviously a relationship there. I've, I've done posts mm-hmm. on it, um, but in terms of... The problem with diagnosis is, is it's hard not to become that identity. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, mm-hmm. That's the tricky part. Like you want to be able to say, okay, pans and pandas, I have that. And these are the treatment options for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't become pans and pandas. Exactly. And you don't let that define you. And I, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know that's easier said than done. Believe me. Oh, but- when I got diagnosed with EBV, that's, I went down that path where I was like, oh my God, I have EBV. It, it defined me. And that's where I had the problem of, you know, you got to let it go. And like, when we found out the mold, I was like, oh, we have mold, like, this is what it is. But once I let go of those things and just said, I started working with him and just said, okay, we're going to start treating parasites first. We're going to go in this direction, flip that rock over and let's see what happens and just kind of go that way. And it is so true. You have to let go of the diagnosis and just because you're not going to heal if you are saying I'm this, I'm EBV or I'm pans, I'm mold, you know? Yeah. If you, if you start to shift your, your thinking of, Mm -hmm. you know, I have these characterization of symptoms yeah, and these are the treatment options that I have to try to remove these symptoms from my life. I think that's a better way to look at it because the reality of the situation is, if you no longer are an effect of the mm-hmm. symptoms of EBV, do you have EBV? Yeah. Medically, maybe. But if you no longer feel the way you felt when you were first diagnosed with it, does it matter? Mm-hmm. You know, and that, like that's like we have to remember that we can have we have the power. Your to mind deal with this. Right? Yes. Yeah. Your mind creates symptoms. It truly, like your mind is so powerful. It's 
you know, it's crazy that you, if you think you have that symptom, your body will start showing you or start acting like you do. Totally. How many times have, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm just relating to this in a way where I know there's so many times where I've like thought I had something just mm-hmm. because oh, it's yeah. been like, it's been all over the media or something. And mm-hmm. like, you, you could even keep and relate in probably modern times, I'm sure. But then you're like Googling, right? Like, oh yeah. What are, down the these are my right. symptoms. Like there's like the whole websites built off of this WebMD, Right. And it's just like, you just start panicking. I, do I yep. have this? Do I, you start calling doc? Like if you slow down, you're like, I just have this little sniffle. Right. And yeah. it's all going to go away in a few days instead of like magnifying that uh-huh. into this big thing of like, well, now I think I have this or that it's hard to heal when you're start creating all this additional worry Yeah, because healing requires action. Mm-hmm. And in order to take action, you need to be cool, calm, and collected. Mm-hmm. Even when you're staring down the face of this mysterious thing that, you know, you're, you're scared of. Right. Yeah. And so I, I can't stress how important it is to just like take a second, relax and really focus on, on things. And for so many of these autoimmune disorders, autoimmune diseases, these, this chronic inflammation that we deal with. Uh our environment plays an important role into that. And so if we want to get healthy, we need to understand what sort of role our environment plays on our health and, and, and what to look for so that when we are experiencing these triggers, we know how to resolve that. For some people, it's, you know, moving out of their apartment into a place that's going to be healthier for them. For some people, it's undergoing remediation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, in your case, you were in limbo. So you, it sounds like you, you, you had to do two moves. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because we, um, got into a house down here and immediately the first, I could tell that there was mold in that house. My body got triggered and I, all of this, it just got, my symptoms had gotten better. And then we got into that house and it was like back like I was my, my gut instinct is there's mold in this house. I I knew it. So I was like, all right, we're not staying here. We have to find somewhere else. (laughs) And my husband and, you know, thought I was, he was like, if you feel it, that's it. That's fine. Like we'll leave. I'm not putting our family through another multi house. So um, that's awesome. Can I interview him next? I mean, that, he sounds, he sounds like an, an extraordinary man who uh, supported his woman and, and was able to help, you know, kind of, uh, identify, yeah, that this is a problem, you know, and the only reason I bring any of that up is because, um, I can't Some tell don't. you how many, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, I, you know, and I don't want to like, I don't really want to make it about gender. I just think that for, for in general, for when one person's going through something and the other person mm-hmm. isn't, it's so hard to like really put yourself in those shoes. Right. Or, you know, so many people, if they haven't felt it or don't think they felt it, right. They can't relate. Right. And so they start saying, there's no way it's mold. Cause if it was mold, I'd be feeling it. Right. But we talked about it earlier. Every immune system's different. So mm-hmm. for someone else, it may impact them first, or they may, may become aware of it first before someone else, there could be um, genetic deficiencies that allow somebody else to react faster than the next person. Um, your kidneys, as you mentioned earlier, might be overworked versus somebody else's like, there's so mm-hmm. many variables. Right. And so I think I got hit because I was postpartum, which your body yeah. is so yeah. vulnerable and being pregnant, sure. so vulnerable. And I think that's kind of why it hit me first. And then my, he was three at the time, my old, my youngest or my oldest, it hit him. And yeah, it's just. I mean, you are more than welcome to interview my husband because he, he never doubted me at all. And I can tell you when I'm sensitive to EMF and I'm buzzing, my whole body buzzes. I get panic attacks when I feel it really bad. Um, it sounds crazy. It really like, I sound crazy or like, I literally can't sit on one part of our um, living room because there's a electricity or something in the wall that I feel it 
that's how bad, like the mast cell activation, like that's how bad mine has activated. And he like, doesn't think I'm crazy. He totally, he believes it and understands it. And even like now, um, when he's around it, he's starting to kind of sometimes feel it just because like I said, I had EBV before we moved out, we found out he started getting triggered with EBV. So I think slowly his body was starting to show signs. So yeah, he's been a very good. It was easier for him to relate. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's one of the biggest challenges that I think I experienced. Like it's um, in talking to, to, you know, family members of someone who's impacted, they have this trouble relating. And, you know, and I can understand that, like, you don't know what you don't know. So it's hard to grasp the severity of what someone's going through if you've never gone through it yourself. Um, yeah. So, you know, but I would love to just, I would love to, to get his side of things in terms of like what, knowing what we know about that relatability, um, I would imagine that some thought process went through his head. Mm-hmm. And, whatever that thought process was, would love to unpack that, um, for other, you know, for other couples who experience this and don't like, you know, are having that trouble relating, you know, and would just love to, to dive into that. And and it's actually been a request that I, uh, interview some men regarding that topic. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret. I, I talked to a lot of, uh, women who are impacted yeah. by mold. Um, mo- most of the people that follow me on social media are 80% women, 20% men. Oh, really? It, it, yeah. it's, it, there's a big skew there. And I don't necessarily think that men aren't impacted. You know, like I said, I just think that there's a um, intuitive I think there's intuitiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's missing. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what, what that's about. You know, it's, it's not an expertise of mine, but it just seems to me like there's, there's a lack of intuition, um, with most guys. I think, I think we, uh, I I say we, because obviously I'm a guy and and I just, I try to relate to like, why might not I, you know, understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I think about it, I just think that, there's been periods of my life where I didn't feel well or whatnot. And, you know, I just, I wouldn't have thought air quality, you know, and, and maybe there's yeah. a macho-ness there or something, but, you know, I just, it, it, it seemed intangible. I feel like air quality is like, um, like water quality. People don't realize how toxic their yeah. water really is because I feel like if it, if you can't see it, you can't understand it for some people, if that makes sense. It's almost like invisible, kind of like the EMF thing with me. It's like, well, you don't see it, but I feel it. And I can tell you when there's a lot of towers around, because when we get into a city, like I can't handle it because there's so much. So I think that's like the biggest part too, because um, people think, oh, it's mold. So it's just in your windowsills, but it's like, no, like that's in your air. It's, it's in everything, but you can't see it. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's, it's really hard. Like the frat boy in me goes like from eating Tide Pods to, you know, worrying about air quality. Like it's obviously worlds apart from one another. And, you know, when I, when I look at all this stuff, it's, it's, it's remarkable because now it all makes sense. When you actually think about it, we take 20,000 breaths per day. You know, we're consuming more air than water and water is vividly very important, right? Because it's basically Earth's life source, including our own. Um, But yeah, I mean, I always I would as growing up, I would always think it's the food. Maybe Mm -hmm. I had too much sugar. You know, maybe I'm not getting enough iron or something like that. These are the these are the these are the things you go to first. And um air quality wasn't on my radar until I really started seeing people getting sick myself with my own eyes. Yeah. And at that point I was just like, Holy crap. I don't think as many people know about this as a problem as it really is. And, um, you know, we're, we're hurricanes happen all the time. Uh, these, these things come in. It, it's just, 
water damage is a big, big, big mm -hmm. issue that happens in our homes. Like the second that they're done being built, they start to decay. Water yeah. makes its way in, you know, and we're just not educated on how to maintain homes properly. Mm -hmm. We're not. I mean, like imagine oh. if we bought a home and it was like, hey, new homeowner, uh, these are all the things you need to pay attention to and care for. And by the way, you know, or if before you, you buy a home, right. Or before you buy a home, or, by the way, uh, you have 24 yeah. hours to clean up a leak once it occurs, or you could have mold growth, by the way, if you do have mold growth, it could make your entire family sick. So, well, yeah. And that's my friend just, um, bought a house and then she messaged me a few weeks ago. She's like, Oh, we have mold in the basement. And she had just bought in this house. And I'm just like, oh my God, like that's <laughs> like, you're right. Like people need to be more proactive about it too. Totally. And that, I mean, we're still learning. So I'm still trying to figure out, okay, what cleaning things that are not toxic that I can do to also, you know, minimize the mold or not have it happen. I mean, eventually we're all, there's going to be mold no matter what. It's just sure. how much. It's about you know? reducing, it's about yeah. reducing the toxicity that we experience. Like, yes, you're not, you're not going to build a bubble around your house. Luckily no. you don't have to, you know, um, but you do want to be conscious of what's growing inside the home and, mm -hmm. you know, mold spores that come in from outside, that's not the problem. It's when they come in from outside and they start to grow and colonize and produce more and more mold, um, yeah. Starts to feel threatened by our modern technology like Wi Fi and mm -hmm. microwaves and radioactivity that, and EMFs, as you mentioned earlier, that makes mold feel threatened and start to produce mycotoxins. It's the combination of things. I mean, I think, I think it was a statistic that was pretty alarming to me that the other day was that like we consumed 13 credit cards worth of plastic um, oh, every single month. You know, because yeah. like our shampoo comes in plastic bottles that sits in hot warehouses where the plastic leaches into the yeah. product, our water bottles that are, I mean, just everything, mm -hmm. right? I we don't that. Yeah, we went down that rabbit hole. We yeah. changed everything. I mean, we changed our whole life, like non-toxic, what we eat, how we store food, you know, totally. everything, you know, and you'll be you better off for it. Guaranteed. Oh yeah. And I, and I see the difference. I mean, I see the difference in my kids too, health wise. And, yeah. um, but it's funny that you bring up air quality too, because so my symptoms, I don't think I brought that up that started when I was a nurse and we had to wear masks all the time. Mm. And that's when I started getting the chest pain mm. and the palpitations and the short of breath. And of course, you know, with everything going on, I thought, Oh my gosh, maybe it's that, but then come to realize, like, I think for me, the mold kind of colonized in my lungs and I have issues breathing and sure. chest tightness and all of that. So just covering, you know, your nose, when you're trying to breathe, you're re-breathing re in <laughs> everything your body's trying to get totally. out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, you know, obviously the mask subject is a very sore subject, but, um, there's a, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of negatives that we didn't consider with wearing masks, yeah. um, such as what you just mentioned, the bacteria, you know, I mean, if you yeah. ever, if you've ever sneezed into a mask, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like yeah. that smell, you have to change your mask Yeah, and like, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you're just like sitting there yeah. breathing in your own bacteria, you know, and, and there's, again, if I think the real problem was we never, we talked about wearing masks, but never confronted mask hygiene. Right. And, yes. and like uh -huh. how often we should change our mask and things like that. And yeah. what are the repercussions? It's just like, it's just a very American way. We just say, do something without explaining how or why to do it. And then, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it is what it is, but it, I'm not thankful for the mask, but at the same time, like that triggered some symptoms that really opened my eyes and then really caused me to dig a lot deeper into our health stuff, you know? So yeah. it's, you know, that's, that's the, the beauty of it. Some things are, you know, not the best, but then it causes you to pivot, you know? Yeah. And, no, and I'm so grateful for, I'm so grateful that for your transformation, however, in which way it started, it's, it's, it's just awesome that you were able to kind of pinpoint everything and rush into action and, you know, not easy financially. No. What you've went through is not no. easy. Two moves mm -hmm. is not easy. 
but you know, it's, 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 you, you took action for you and your family and your yeah. guys' health. I think that's really important and remarkable. And, um, you know, more credit needs to be given to you and the decision, tough decisions you've had to make and that nobody understands. Right. And yeah. And I mean, it's the expense of moving, but like the stuff, and then you have to buy the supplements, the herbs, mm-hmm, and you have to mm-hmm. pay for which insurance doesn't cover. And then yeah. functional doctors that insurance doesn't cover. So you're paying for everything out of pocket, you know, and it, it, you know, it costs a lot and we're not in the best situation, but honestly, like the fact it makes me feel so much better that we're taking care of our health, because at the end of the day, that's really all you have is your family and your health. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot people don't even realize what goes into it. Um, but it's crazy now looking back on our life and like my third son, some of his symptoms as a newborn and I'm like realizing, Oh my gosh, it was because of our environment that was causing this. And, um, so I don't know, it's just, it's all crazy. (laughs) Look, I've, I've went in, I went into debt twice, um, two times, one on my first house, one on my second house. Went into debt twice. Uh, I mean, borrowed money from family, took out loans, the whole nine, right? Because yeah. because I found issues that I wasn't expecting to find. Yeah, that I had to take care of before uh-huh. my family and I moved in. So I can relate. I understand totally. You know, and, yeah. and it's it's not easy. But guess what happened? We paid them off. You know, yeah. time passed. It healed us. We paid it off. You know, and and that everybody can be in that situation, even even at your, your lowest point, we, I think we've all had a a point in life where just, we were at Mm -hmm. our lowest, even when you feel like you're at your lowest point, it's, if you have the perseverance to get through it and get to the other side, even if you're in debt, even if you're not in a great situation, just the, just the sheer fact of, of getting through it and getting to the other side and saying, okay, now I'm going to pick up the pieces and, and, and just knock it out little by little day by day you're forever stronger for that, you know, and I'm not saying it's easy, you know? Um, and I know that some people have an unfair advantage. It's going to be easier for some than others, but it's, it's the only way. Right. And Mm -hmm. we rely on our government a lot. We rely on, you know, social programs a lot, you know, to help us through stuff. And, and I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, I, I, I am fighting desperately for a lot of these regulations to change and things like that. So that people can get the help that they really need when they really need it. Yeah. But it's a slow moving process. And unfortunately for right now, the best option that anybody has is to just figure it out and make it work and do the right yeah. steps and prioritize their health. Everything else will fall into place. You know, it, it always mm-hmm. does. Yeah. A hundred percent. So what, what, um, what would you say that you can recommend for other people that are facing similar challenges to you? I think we had an amazing conversation today. We covered a lot of great topics. So thank you so much for being Mm -hmm. vulnerable here and sharing your story and just to kind of bring it to a close, like what, if there was one thing that you can recommend for someone else that's in a similar situation, what would that be? Don't stop. If you're, um, not getting the answers that you're, that you need from a doctor, if they're not listening to you and things are still happening and things aren't making sense, listen to your gut and get uncomfortable, be comfortable with getting uncomfortable and finding like for me going from outside of Western medicine to functional. And that was outside my comfort zone, but now I'm like totally in love with it, but that's what helped us figure out really what's been going on for three years with our health. And you just can't stop because I I can't stress that enough. You have to be your own advocate. And um, just like I interviewed a ton of doctors, like if you don't vibe with one, if you don't, if you're not getting what you need from one, then you need to look elsewhere. You know, there's not one person knows everything and that's okay. You just have to keep, keep going. Yeah, I know. Thank you. I think that's really, really valuable advice. 
And I wanted to take a moment to recognize you, you know, uh, the real heroes in, in any story are always the people that not only take action and, and do selfless acts for them and their family, but you're also t- sharing your story, knowing that it's going to help others. So, you know, thank you for being such a hero and helping me kind of share that story, your story with other people that are going to benefit greatly from that. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that because honestly, I've, I'm changing my whole career path <laughs> because of our situation. So I want to help people that don't even realize their home is what's making them sick, you know, and especially for kids, especially for kids, because if it's not taken care of, it's going to cause so much autoimmune and just other issues. Um, But I appreciate you letting me tell my story and hear, and I hope that it does help someone. And if you do want to talk to my husband, I'm sure he'd be more than happy. Yes, I do. So, so I have no doubt that you will do amazing things and continue to help others because you're here today doing just that. And uh, I absolutely would love to talk to your husband. Why don't you send me uh, an Instagram message so you can help facilitate that if he's willing, of course, Yeah. because I think, I think it's important to capture the other side of the story, right? Like what Mm -hmm. was it like to have, you know, someone in your family go through what they went through and help pinpoint this. And what was the thought process behind that? Right. Like there had to have been challenges. Um, and, and how can, how can we really understand that and help other people in similar situations? Right. And I think that's what this is all about. And the whole point of mold talks and why I've created this in the first place is really to do that, to connect people's stories together, because I know that when I look back and listen to episodes, like there's always at least one thing that I can relate to that's Mm -hmm. impacted me in some way that I can take from the story. So I I'm learning new things every day through talking to people like you yeah, and learning from you and what you went through. And I'm taking that and I'm able to help other people as a result. Yeah. I would love to hear his side too. (laughs) I don't (laughs) think that's something we've ever you know, ever really talked about, we kind of just went with it or he followed my lead and that's just kind of what it. And that's amazing. Right. And that's amazing. (laughs) But, you know, I would love to unpack that. Right. So that this is what this, this, what is your husband's name? His name's Trevor. So if if we can understand what went through Trevor's mind, you know, we, we, we we might be better off from that. We could probably learn a a thing or two from Trevor. We might both be better off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say if anybody is in the Tennessee area, um, the wild roots, um, his name is Dr. Dale Brown. He's pretty awesome. Um, so they should give him a, give him a look if they have any health issues and or need chiropractic because, He's really been helping us a lot since we've moved here. That's awesome. Well, well, I really thank you, Haley, for for sharing your story with me today. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. I hope uh, anyone who's listening has learned just as much as I have right here on this call with you. And uh, you know, yes, please let me know if Trevor is interested in in kind of diving into the yeah. other side of 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 what was going on and from his mind. And I like I think I think we can learn a lot from Trevor here on that conversation. Yeah, for sure. I will shoot you an email. Perfect. Well, thank you very much and looking forward to, uh, to talking again soon.